This episode of Bucky's Basement is brought to you by Decca Gray Coffee Company. Are you tired of mediocre coffee that just doesn't hit the spot? I am. Look no further than Decca Gray Coffee Co., your ticket to the perfect brew. Experience the rich, robust flavors you deserve. Visit DeccaGray.com today and take your coffee game to the next level. At Decca Gray, they're passionate about coffee. They roast it fresh to order and ship it directly to your doorstep. We have an exclusive for all our listenership out there. Go to DeccaGray.com and use promo code Bucky's Base to get 10% off an order of any size. That's B-U-C-K-Y-S-B-A-S-E. Decca Gray Coffee Company. Mmm. <laughs> Bucky's Basement. Welcome to another episode of Bucky's Basement. I'm Bucky, and as always, in the basement with me today, I have Old Boy Howdy. and Juice Box. <laughs> and we. <laughs> uh oh. We have done something special for you guys this week. Um, we went out, and y- y- you guys know we've been doing this uh, Nick Cage chronological movie review thing. Uh, we like to call Casting Cage. Yep. But occasionally, Nick Cage decides to jump back in the studio. And he don't stop. He, he don't can't stop. stop. So when we started this, we said Nick Cage did 121 movies or something like that, right? Sure, yeah. So now he's done at least 122 because his <laughs> brand new smash hit or like whatever you want to call it, uh, Dream Scenario is currently in the theater and it right. is tearing up the charts among other movies that you can go see right now like... Wish. <laughs> yeah, Wish. Uh the Leftovers. Uh, was the yeah. other movie they were showing at Belcourt. Hunger Games. Ooh, That's the right. new Hunger Games came out. Um, Thanksgiving. Ooh, Eli Roth's Captain Thanksgiving. Marvel. Is it out? It is out. I read uh, this article the other day that said that they, Eli Roth has directed 10 films, right? And they've ranked them online. I don't know who ranked them. Rank or some other website like that. Sure. They're saying Thanksgiving is number two behind Hostel. Um, so I kind of oh. want to go see that. What's where's Green Inferno? Uh, Green Inferno is like four or five. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, but Sweet. I, I want to go see that too. But anyway, so we do this casting cage thing and we really enjoy it. And we really, you know, have a lot of fun and we hope you do too, you know, going through the chronological order of Nick Cage movies. But when he releases a new one, we are just like, whoa. So we decided this week, we're going to release something special for you guys because you, you're you loyal, true Casting Cage, Nick Cage fans. So we went out and watched Dream Scenario, and <laughs> we reviewed it as quietly as we could in th- these theaters. Right. Um, you know, with your, I was telling old boy, with my like scre- screen brightness all the way down so I could take notes to this thing. Right. I but, took my notebook in there, which is dumb. So us reviewing this movie is out of the timeline. Um, but just so you know, he's done five movies in 2023. Yeah. He has another movie coming out like pretty soon. I can't think yeah. of what it is, but I saw a preview for it. Uh, the retirement plan looks terrible. Um, he, he's in a Western called The Old Way that came out this year. Renfield came out this year. Yep. And some Brent, movie dang. called I yeah. can't believe that came out this year. And Sympathy it's for the Devil. Year. Just printing them $50,000 checks for whatever he's getting for these <laughs> <Right>. movies. <laughs> like, Dude, I, I, don't, I don't get he's it. He's busy. Uh, and, and I also, like one of the notes I made in this, because we're going to go through Dream Scenario. There will be spoilers in this in case you haven't seen it. If you want to go out and watch this movie, uh, feel free to press pause on our podcast or on YouTube. If you're watching us on there, just type in Bucky's Basement on YouTube. Because this is, uh, I, I don't know what to make of it. I think by the end of this podcast, we're going to know whether we think this is a good movie or not. But the first thing I wrote down, or one of the first things that I wrote down in this theater with my brightness all the way low is, yeah. like, has Nick Cage really evolved as an actor or <laughs> is it just the same um, as an older skin? Like, you're you're an older skin now. You're a tenured, like, what, 40-year actor at this point? 
Yeah. And yeah. you're still rolling off the same like cheesy jokes and like, you know, your little That's puns the character and... though. Is That's it? The, yes, the, the, he's he's his character, what's his character's name? Do y'all remember? Paul, Paul Mitchell, I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Paul. And so Paul um Paul Matthews. Matthews, yeah, yeah. Is a weak character, man. He's he is a nobody and it, Nick Cage plays a pretty good. He played a pretty good nobody. Like he's a yeah. loser, man. Like you don't like him. I think, You're right. He's, I think he's evolved in so in that he doesn't have those telltale like those things that we find in the early movies. Like I couldn't pinpoint what he brought to this movie, like, uh, unless it was like his beard or something. You know, I wondered. Wanted, yeah, I wondered. Yeah, or he wanted was, the character to be bald or something. You exactly. Know, if it was something like that. I think. I honestly, I think it's that twitch he had. He had a weird twitch where he would like shake his head. Hmm. You, do you remember like sometimes when he's like meeting somebody for the first time, he's like he does this weird like yeah. like he's shaking his head no. And then I also was wondering if his teeth were faking this. Uh, I don't know. I found myself looking at it. I look at his teeth way too much now. So you think that's it? It's not the talking heads thing? It's not the... I like, don't think it's the... I think that's part of the character. The two women want him at the same time? Like, I, I started to look two into women. that. Like, it was in one of his dream scenarios or, like, his thought processes in this thing. We start out seeing a guy named Paul who is a writer... No, no, he's a professor. professor. Did we see this? When did you no, see this movie? I saw this movie. But he's like a professor <laughs> that's like writing this book that never gets written. Right? Okay. And he that's like leans into that fair. a lot when he's selling people on who he is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a writer that's never written anything. Yeah. Yeah. And he, it, it, okay. Yeah. But he's a, he's a professor of, um, I wrote it down. Like animal uh, uh, evolution of animals or something. I'm yep. glad you wrote it down because I wrote down what is he a professor of? I could not figure it out. Yeah, some t- evolutionary something or another with animals. So, who's gone through a string of bad relationships? I mean, this is a terrible movie. It's a not terrible movie, but it's a terrible character, right? It's He's like that guy a- you feel like your uncle at. Like, uh, you be know, when, on Thanksgiving or Christmas. <laughs> your uncle or, might be listed. True. I have a bunch of them. Okay. But, like, one of your uncles, like, like the you guy. You know which one you are. That's right. <laughs> just saying, like, the guy on TV that, you know, is on, like, a reality show that you feel embarrassed for and you, your hair starts standing up on your arm because of them. Yeah. Uh, I did put, like, at one point, like, early in the movie, uh, I mean, we're – I don't know. We're going right off the bat with, I, I, I put, everyone is stealing his ideas. He's paranoid about not being famous. He baits compliments. We all know someone who is like this. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I he, mean, I, I, I could relate to that character. Like, yeah. not me personally, but I've been around people who are just like this. Absolutely. So, like, uh, there's a, a pseudo friend of Paul's, Nick Cage, um, who has, like, a, a dinner party with a bunch of, you know, he has, like, a regular dinner party where he invites different people. And Paul and his wife have never been invited to it. And that's pretty telling into, like, who Paul is. Yeah. They just don't want Paul there. Mm-hmm. No, no one no one seems to want him around. And right. that was the thing, too. Like, it, it's early on, he's meeting with that person that he went to college with or whatever because he's accusing her of stealing his idea. Right. And, like... She was she was just like laughed it off or whatever. Even though it found out, turns out she did steal she his did, idea. Yeah. She did. Intelligence. Yeah. Intelligence. Yeah. So funny. It's a very slow-ish type movie, but I think it opens with a bang. Right when the first opens. thing you see is an incredible shot, and it's like slowly moving into a backyard, and I think the scenery is is gorgeous, even down to the glass like uh, outdoor table mm-hmm. that shatters eventually. But like the opening dream shot, like is like his daughter starts floating in the air, right? And it's just it gets real weird. The glass shatters, and then boom! It's like okay, this could be some crazy it's on. everything everywhere and all at once type thing. Should, like this yeah. could be awesome. Should we do all right? So before we get into it, let's do plot by let's. Juicebox is going to read the plot, then we're going to do plot by Juicebox, and we'll dive into it. All right. Dream scenario. This is on IMDb. A hapless family man finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. When his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. All right. Pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is, I tried to simplify that a little bit. A man having a midlife crisis becomes internet famous to the detriment of his life. 
I mean, that's that's it too. I mean, in a, in a nutshell, this is like viral fame in today's time, right? Like it's it's like you're, everybody gets their 15 minutes of fame and this is it. And it comes into the form of this guy, this random nobody is implanted into people's dreams. People he doesn't even know just in other countries. He's just in people's dreams. So, yeah. So, you, you it starts with a dream his daughter's having and his and – Nick Cage is in her dream doing nothing, right? Raking leaves, but not not trying to save her when she starts floating off. Which is my favorite because when we find out that Nick Cage uh, or Paul finds out that he is starting to become in people's dreams, right? he starts questioning what he's doing what in he's those doing. dreams, yes. yeah. and he's doing nothing in any of those dreams. Like, there could be, like, there was one specific one where a girl, like, a guy got hit by a car, and a girl was holding their head up, and he just walked by. And, like, he's just, like, yeah. walking by in these dreams, not helping out any of these disaster scenarios. And... Uh, when he finds out that that's what he's doing, he gets even more insecure about being in people's dreams. Right. Because yeah. he's like, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not even helping. Right. Yeah. That's. I mean, right off the bat, he tells his daughter, he's like, well, you know, that's not what I would do in real life. Well, no shit. But like, yeah. so do you guys think that like, like every dream that it showed him pop up in was some when there was something traumatic happening to the people. Right. Yeah. So do you think that's why people remembered that he was in their dream? Or do you think he just, for some reason, only popped up in these dreams that had traumatic like things happening to the person that was I dreaming? couldn't figure it out. It became comedic over time, though. So like the first one, he's yeah. just like walking by. And then you see that one dream where he just like walks in and something's happening. And he just like turns around and walks <laughs> yeah, right the back The alligators, out. yeah. Yo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still, I mean, it's a person being attacked by alligators. It's yeah. still something that's like, they scary were already tense or whatever. Yeah, they were having they were having scary dreams to begin with. It seemed like yeah, that one monster dude's chasing him. The alligators, dude, that monster dude one chasing him was one of the best ones. Yeah, yeah the it was best awesome. dream scenarios. Yeah, um, but it's um, after that, like it, it, it nobody thought, there was a sex dream. But that was the only sex dream I heard of. Ooh, that was uh, that was one of my favorite things, but. <laughs> before, before I have so much to talk about about that scene about that so, sex dream about, about yeah. yeah about that whole scenario but before that so so people are starting to realize that this guy is popping up in their dreams and obviously we live in a time where social media is king um, right. so people start posting about it they find him goes uh, viral it, it goes viral and then you know it's like you know he wants to become famous like this is immediately we're gonna see what kind of an art Right, because he wants to. I talked earlier about everybody stealing his ideas. He's paranoid about not being famous, and then boom, you're famous, but not for the right reason. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, and you he know, wants. but but he is eating it up because he doesn't know how this fame is or how it occurs, and yeah, it just happens on him. And he's like, oh shit, like I've got this yeah. many followers. You know, it's not like that, but yeah. it's like that. He is eating it up, but the whole t- entire time, it seems like he's also trying to think about like how he can flip it into making his book or whatever. Like right. it seems yeah. like he do- always has that in his sights the entire movie. Yeah. He wants, he wants academic recognition the whole yeah. time, but, but he does enjoy the, he does enjoy the limelight because like all of a sudden his kids are like, Hey, could you drive me to school? And he's like, you want me to drive you to school? Yeah. And it's like, damn yeah. dude, like life must have been tough, right? He was he was a loser, and now he's yeah. not so much of a loser anymore. Right? I mean, we're gonna see this thing roller coaster a little bit because it you know yeah. goes off the rails. But one of my favorites is at the peak of you know him being famous for this is you know his wife says they were doing pillow talk one night. Or, and she said, why don't you show up in my dreams? And I wish we had sound bites for this. Guys, if you didn't know this, Juicebox and I watched this movie roughly three hours ago. Yeah. Uh, old boy watched it, what, two Friday. days ago? Yep. Yeah. And um, one of the quotes I would have used was when the wife said, why don't you show up in my dreams, was Paul says, well, it wouldn't be fair if you get me in real life and in your dreams as well. And just the way he said it is like classic so corny corn. fucking it's Nick so, Cage. It's so corny, yeah. dude. But I mean, that's the character. It's not Nick Cage. Yeah. It's the character. And then immediately they go into the wish of what would happen. And the wife talks what about the, the talking heads, uh, like what, it, what do you right. call it? Fetish. She, she was like, well, remember that Halloween party and you dressed up in the David Burns big suit? And he was like, yeah. And she's like, and you could rescue me. 
And that's her fantasy, I guess, basically, which yeah, is so the odd. The big suit. <laughs> huh. Which makes him kind of cool in my mind, right? If he's wearing a suit like that from uh, from the... But we see the big suit later in the movie, and it's not done that well, to my, in my opinion. No, but it's in a dream. It doesn't have to be done perfectly. Yeah. So, huh, let, let's think about this for a second. I'm going to throw a conspiracy or something at you. Sweet. Stop Making Sense, the re-release just came out this year. Like, so that's like already kind of out in the zeitgeist, the big, hmm. big gray suit. And right. that pops up in this movie also. Like, I wonder if that was intentional, if they knew that that movie was going to be coming out. And, you think and they're still trying to push it? it? I don't just, know. Just or maybe, keeping maybe, it, yeah. It might have been a Nick Cage thing, like you said. Or I mean. It was something, <laughs> there's something, I don't know. It's it's weird that in two movies, or two times in this year, it's like. D- dude, and the last the time I was in that movie theater, I saw Stop Making Sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just saw it. On my ticket that I couldn't go to. I'm still going to regret that because <laughs> that was the last showing that I could uh, have actually seen. So get, getting back into dream scenario, I want to I want to talk about this really quick because, you know, we're about to get kind of to the top because he starts to get interest from certain, like, social media companies that can put him out there. Yeah. Before that, we meet one of his friends or allies in the movie, um, which is Tim Meadows. And... Uh, yeah. I, I want to bring up something. I, I'm over Tim Meadows. Oh, my God. I loved <laughs> Tim Meadows. What? I love Tim Meadows. I think he is freaking the best. And you are just playing devil's nope, advocate. I'm, yes, you are. There's no way. Tim Meadows look- is wonderful. <laughs> That's what you wrote? <laughs> yeah. I am done with Tim Meadows. We've He's the same thing in every movie he's in. Yeah, the best. No, he's not. <laughs> he's fine. just Tim Meadows. Dude, I made notes. I was like, he needs to be in more shit. If I if I were in, oh in film, I would bring wild. him on board for everything. He's You're the fucking best. kidding me, You're right? fucking kidding me. You like Tim Meadows. You don't like Tim Meadows? All right, let's stop right here. Juicebox, can you settle this for us? Which one do you? Which side are you on here? So I'm kind of with Bucky in that he does just play the same character in every single movie. It's like, just, it's just Tim, Tim Meadows. Meadows in every movie. Fine. The only the, the only variant of Tim Meadows that we've ever gotten was the ladies' uh, man. Was the ladies' man, and that's it. And all he had was a lisp. And that, yeah. Like it wasn't even like that hard. Doesn't matter. He's, he is hilarious and great. He is. Not, oh God! Uh, I saw he Tim puts, Meadows he puts Nick Cage in the basement. And he doesn't doesn't even tell him how to turn a light off. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I and mean, he tells that was, him he's, that was rough. He says my wife's not real cool with this, so if you need something, just text me. Yeah. <laughs> And that basement was cringy. He was like, yeah. it smells like uh, what, Mold. like diesel fuel down here or something. Also, Let's, another quote before we get into the, the company dealership or the deal that they have in this. Um, one of my favorite quotes is he said to Tim Tim Meadows, you're the one who just bought a fucking Kawasaki, which is another like line that I would have put uh, as a, a soundbite. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, come yeah. on. You're the one that just bought a Kawasaki because he calls him out for having a midlife crisis right. or whatever yeah. yeah yeah a Kawasaki what do you think that was like a motorcycle yeah, right that's what it sounds like so let, let's back up real quick when Nick Cage first finds out that he's popping up in people's dreams he runs into an ex-girlfriend at a play and he's with his wife and she's just like hey let's let's have lunch sometime and he's like okay and clearly the wife's uncomfortable with this Man, if that shit happened to y'all, what the? F- how would that go down in real life? That wouldn't go down to where the ex girlfriend's like, "Hey, I used to date him," like to my wife, and like, right? I would just go ahead and either get it out of the way or like, right? That was a long conversation to have to then find out they dated. Yeah, I yeah. feel like in front of the wife without including the wife. Right, and she's talking about dreaming about her her husband, and she's just like, and just like flagrantly let's just grab lunch sometime yeah <laughs> like would that be cool with you or with your wife if, how long uh, have you been married for as long as they've been married 15 years it's like i don't know at some point you're just like all right go on get out of the house i mean do you think his wife just knows like he's not gonna cheat like she knows her she husband knows. like <laughs> he's he has just a, harmless he has a line let me oh god where'd it go oh he said do you think i have the emotional maturity to carry on an affair Right. That was his comeback right. when she was like asking and, him about it, and she laughed it off because, of course, he can't. He's not built for that. Yeah, which, which we, we find see. out. Yeah, yeah, which we find out. So yeah, maybe 
Maybe that's not uh, he, he's harmless, but still. I just and that lady was just using him anyways. Like, right. Turns out that she was just you know trying to exploit him for her blog or whatever. Right. Vlog exactly. Or whatever she was doing. So then we continue dreaming through this movie um, and end up at the peak of popularity for Paul, uh, who is now a social media sensation. Right. And we get a uh, un conventional company that comes along and tries to capitalize on Paul's fame. Right. Which is thoughts question mark, which is my, I think it's one of the thoughts. It's a great company name. And just the, the scrolling of the, the, the logo in the background and everything. And then in walks Michael Sarah and he's the Uh, leader of thoughts. You probably love Michael Sarah. I love Michael Sarah. I fucking knew it. Dude. Oh, so he's like your Tim Meadows. Actually, I wrote down he's great in this movie. <laughs> he was but, great in this movie. <laughs> I wrote down he's great in this, but I think he's great in everything. Yeah. Especially like the side bloopers you see on things like social media or memes or videos that you see where he's like, you know, an asshole. I'm sure or he's, he's in a. He, I don't. I don't. I, I like him more than I like some of the other in that crew, but. Yeah. So the the whole idea behind thoughts question mark the company is bringing um, unconventional celebrities to marketing. Right. And so they so pitch him uh, this deal that they have with Sprite. And right. I swear to God, <laughs> within five minutes, they say Sprite a hundred times. It was plugged. Yeah, so, plugged yeah. <laughs> so this movie had a deal with Sprite. You Clearly. think so? I mean, everything but the can or the logo. I mean, they That's said true. the name Sprite so many times. It was great. It, they plugged it hard, but it was it was perfect for what it was. And they had him, Paul, really buying into the fact that he didn't want to do that. He kept saying, "Well, what about the, the book? book? What yeah, about the and book?" Like, yeah, we're, that's not what we do, but they're we'll entertain it. They're like, "Okay, if this is what it takes to get you on board, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll entertain it." But their their idea was all right. So Paul keeps popping up in people's dreams, so they're like, "We're going to show ad, uh, advertisements of you with our." bottle of Sprite and then we think that'll correlate and then you'll be in people's dreams with Sprite. Sprite yeah. will be in people's dreams. It, it, yeah, exactly. Which, which is, is a, a whole dark side of this movie, big right? Time. Like Big time. Getting into people's brains and getting into their dreams to show them ads. Which is... What do you think the entire beginning of every movie you go see where you're on that roller coaster and popcorn's popping and like Goobers are like flying off the side of this roller coaster. No, we know we know what so ads does. are. No, yeah. no, no, we we get that. But subliminal like, messaging. I get all that, but like they're talking about infiltrating people's dreams. Which man, if that if you were getting into people's dreams and for ads in real life, that's yeah. why the end of this movie is so critical and incredible. <sighs> yeah, like you know, it's just. This could become reality. I don't I think they hit the mark on the end of this movie, but I think it, like, you know, it's an idea that I haven't, maybe I've seen before, but I haven't really seen before, right? Yeah. What's that? Uh, uh, spotless Minds. What's that? Um, Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine. Like, like getting in your head and erasing things and creating things. Yeah. Dude, getting in people's dreams would be rape. Would me. it? Yes, it's invasive and it'd be raped. But me. you don't remember your dream an hour after you wake uh, up. Who right? says who? Some people do, but Fucking like most... everybody in this movie remembered this homeboy. Yeah, because it was so vivid. I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, no, dude, I'd be, I'd be mad. I'd be mad when I woke up. I'd be mad all the time. Okay, if... so after the sprite thing, we get into one of my, I think, favorite parts of the movie. Oh God, is yeah. when you can you are able to recreate a dream in real life. Like to me, that's an insane theory. And we get into this sex idea that, you know, Nick cage is still on the good side of these dreams. So yeah, he shows up to thoughts question mark and it's, um, he meets an intern, a young intern and she's like clearly starstruck over Nick cage. Yeah. And it comes out like she is just, she's looking at him hard. Because he's been in her dreams. Right. And she's had a sex fantasy where it's a weird sex fantasy, but he's like a home invader. Yeah, dude. It's like borderline like rape fantasy. Right. Exactly. And he he's in her house. He kind of comes out of the shadows and then just starts rough sexing her basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, and she's like fucking into it and she's like, it's powerful. 
Um, so she wants to recreate it, but it's kind of like meeting your heroes, right? Like she meets us, she meets us <laughs> klutz. Yeah. And, uh, and he keeps asking what he's supposed to do and it's the most awkward shit. Like, it's so, yeah, it's so cringe. Cause he's not, a, he's not equipped for that, man. Exactly. He's just not, yeah. Her dream that her dream is different from reality. Yeah. So he, he goes through with it cause he's she's clearly attractive and, and, um, and much younger. So he's like gonna, gonna try to do his best with this thing. And it's, it's a great so scene. Tough. Dude, it's so yeah. Tough. I mean, it's, they put two fart jokes in there. <laughs> it's a great scene. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I don't know, man, but it is cringy, but it's, uh, if you're into cringe, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. And it's I just, hate to, I hate to say this. If you got little ones in the car, earmuffs it, but, uh, the 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 coming sound and then the fart is like back to back one of the funniest things in this whole movie. Yeah, she's trying to do his pants and he just I guess he's nuts. Yeah, he just can't take it, man. So and then he runs away and cries. He runs away and cries. Surely, and it goes it goes back to his hotel room and like gets like angry and throwing stuff against the wall, which. Is weird because that's when he starts infiltrating people's nightmares. Okay, yep. so I was wondering, I was asking Bucky earlier, like when was the switch when he just like started? It was right after the sexual right after. thing because his daughter, the, yeah. But was right what was the, what made the switch? Where like well, exactly? I guess no, we don't know, but something switched because he. It was right after that because his daughter had the dream about him that and and he was kicked down her door. It was going to yeah. like murder her. So in the dream and, and part of me felt like, is she the one that's propelling him into dreams? I don't know. It, it was. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, there is a distinct point in this film where Nick Cage goes from just a random guy into dreams to not sex, doing anything to sex dreams, apparently to now he's like the murderer or horror figure yeah, or he, stalker in dreams. He's killing everybody. Every dream that in he pops dream. up in, he's killing the person. Right. Yeah. He's murdering. So now when people see him, they're like terrified of him. And they basically cancel him in real life. And keep in mind, this is just a regular guy, right? Right. Who didn't ask for this fame, didn't ask to be in people's dreams. And now he's like... A global sensation, I feel like, or at least Overnight, a nas- yeah. national sensation. Yeah, they loved him in France, they kept saying. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. It's a global sensation. And then, you know, all of a sudden the switch happens, and now he's being canceled because he's trying to kill everybody in their dreams, even though these are just dreams, and this is just a dude. Right, right, yeah, because, yeah, the, now people are uncomfortable because he's, yeah, he murders them in their dreams, so, yeah. Sure. Like, violently murders them. Right. Like, they show him beat a dude to death with, like, a hammer or some shit, like, right. pretty graphically. Yeah. It wasn't shortly after this that, or it was shortly after this, I did make a note, I said, I feel like this movie is hypnotherapy to, like, Nick Cage subconsciously. And I don't know why I wrote that down. It's like um, I saw a lot of a parallels to hypnotherapy in this movie. And I, what is hypnotherapy? Like hypnosis, being okay. hypnotized, right? right? Okay. Like this is like a mask to say, "Hey, Nick Cage is still out there, mm-hmm. and he's still acting." And I, I saw some weird parallel. I need to watch it again. Again, I saw this a couple of hours ago, but that was a note I wrote down. Was I think that somebody's tricking me into liking Nick Cage again? I think this is one of those movies that was just like somehow made for like Oscar nominations, like at least yeah. like Dark Horse nomination for Best Picture. I don't, I can't say that he's going to get Best Actor for this. I don't like, see anybody getting an award in this. Tim Meadows, God damn it, <laughs> Best dude. Supporting Actor, Tim Meadows yeah, for his three scenes sitting behind a desk, dude. Yeah, he killed it though. Um, I don't know though. That's what this movie feels like. It feels like an art house movie that was absolutely. made like in a certain way to appeal to a certain audience. Yeah, because I think it got whatever festivals it's been to. It's done really well at those festivals. So, yeah, I mean, it it, it is art house. It's um, and it it makes you think, which is poignant. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a good analyzation of like the meme culture. Yeah, and just like how like just being a celebrity 
doesn't always translate to, you know, your life being better. That's that's a good point. Yeah. In a nutshell, it's all about that. I mean, it's a whole, it's the whole life of a celebrity in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Real, real quick back to uh, thoughts. When he was in the meeting with thoughts, I wrote it down. They offered him six figures for the uh, entirety of his life or whatever. His whole life story would, they would give him six figures, which would, you know, I guess could be however much, but hundred grand, hundred grand to 900 grand and whatever. Sure. But I was just thinking about that. Like, how much would it take for you to just sell your whole life story? Am I just telling somebody my life story? I mean, they own your rights to your to your life, basically. Yeah. So they could change it and make you... They could yep. make you whoever they wanted to make you, basically, by rewriting your story. And you couldn't come out and say, no, that's not exactly true. And they'd say, well, we own the rights to your story. You can't speak out against it. So somebody owns me, like identity theft. Uh, not theft if you sold it. A body theft. No. Um, I mean, if you're just looking at my picture and saying that I'm a celebrity or I'm not, or, you know, if you want to slander, I'm, I'm not agreeing to that. I'm, I'd say 600 grand. That'd put my, be it. Put my kid through college and then turn social media off. That's what I'm thinking. Man, I don't know if it would take, I mean, 600 grand sounds like, a good amount. Hell yeah. Pay my house off, put two kids through college, I mean, what and am I gonna, all social media. What am I going to do with my life story? Nothing. Mm. The only thing is, is that if somebody comes in and writes a movie where you're like a pedophile or something, <laughs> then you're like, yeah. what's like, that man, $600,000 worth of? Yeah, clearly not. Based on an actual person, is like the tagline. <laughs> so they can use my name and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Also in that thoughts meeting he they wanted to that another idea pitch was they were like maybe we can get obama to dream about you yeah i don't know it was just it was just funny he did go back to the obama thing later in the movie (laughs) yeah like, what about that obama thing they're like yeah that's not gonna happen yeah once you got into nightmares i think they pivoted from that yeah i mean Um, it was a fun movie like regardless from from I guess right. start to finish. It was entertaining. Yeah, uh, yeah it was. Full, full disclosure: I provoking. had come, I had straight come from a Titans game. Uh, I went to a Tennessee Titans game outdoors. It was fifty degrees, and I left a little bit early to the game to go see this movie. And I was entertained the entire time. I was, uh, I paid attention the entire time. There was never anything that distracted me other than the projector that was showing the movie because. Dude. I think uh, Juicebox and I were in the smallest theater I've ever been in in my entire life. Have you ever been in there before? I've never been in there before. Uh, In the Belcourt Upstairs Theater here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's tiny. There are all of 20 seats, 25? I think 26 or 25 is what I counted. Um, And it is like... You you could make a better theater in your basement or a bigger theater in your basement. I mean, and that's what it was. That was like yeah. a rich person's basement theater. Yeah, that's, that's true. It, that's it. So, all right. So we we need to we need to back up though. So people are having dreams where Nick Cage is hunting or killing them, right? But then Nick Cage has a dream where Nick Cage hunts and kills him, which is a mind fuck. Yeah. Um, can you imagine yourself? Like getting hunted and then to turn around and find out it's you hunting you. And now he sees what everybody's seeing, which is also a whole weird thing. Like if he he's seeing him, he's having the dream everybody else is having. More right. Or less, which is, uh, I don't know, it's an interesting concept. I, don't, I couldn't tell if that was like, I guess that was an actual thing. You think it, he may have made it up? Well, I couldn't tell if his like video that he made, his sob story video that he made was like authentic or if that was him just like pretending because because he was like his crying in that scene was terrible oh, like it was so terrible it's bad yeah. i mean it was better than boohoo boohoo screaming boohoo from uh what was that vampires kids <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> gosh you're right but it does kind of fit the character too because he's he, he's it's not genuine his motive yeah. isn't genuine his motive is to get back in people's good graces and so the, that's so that was all intentional Right. Like him just making that video was intentional. He just had to be. So maybe he did have that dream. Maybe he didn't have that dream. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why show it if it wasn't real, maybe. I don't know. Sure. I mean, it was it was him getting a, a taste of what everybody else got to feel. And then so from there, basically, this guy loses everything, right? Like his wife is like, eh, I guess we're going to, I mean, we've spoiled the shit out of it, right? Yep. 
Um, so his wife is like, it, there's this background thread where his wife may be seeing some other dude. and um, Which the, was who? I couldn't tell. But did they show? Co-worker? Yeah, but did they, was it the co-worker she was always talking to? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because remember when he attacks yep. that woman at the theater? And like, oh, that dude was with her. He was with her. That's right. And and when he called back home when he was with the intern, he was at their house, or she was with him. Right. Um. So there's this thread that, like, she's already being unfaithful. Um. So at the end of it, he, lo- you know, his wife divorces him, Um. He's he's going to Paris, which I thought was funny because he's popular in France. So I felt yeah. like he's cha- he's just he's really just going to chase that uh, that fame, right? So, but he he's realizing everything he lost, and he's trying to get his wife back. And there is a company in the movie that has harnessed the power to put themselves in dreams. Sure. So they've hired a bunch of social influencers, and it looks like. Oh, Dream influencers. Yeah, it, it's it looks like influencers. It's so. Uh, the yeah. ending got out there. That infomercial thing where everybody's right. wearing the bracelets. And yeah, what that, was it called? Did y'all did y'all get the name? I of did the, not write that down. Oh no, I didn't get it either. Um, it's got what's his face from. Uh, Dude, who was Greg? Um, Greg? Oh, Greg from Succession. Yeah, yeah. He's the spokesperson for that company at the Nailed end. It, yeah, dude. I was trying to figure that out when I was sitting in the movie. I was like, was this guy in the office? And I was like, no, no, it's Greg. It man. is Greg. You probably love that guy. I love that guy. Yeah, uh, he's solid. He does a good job in this too. So yeah, they they so they hire influencers, um, companies do to use this device to implant the, implant themselves in dreams and sell products in your dreams. So now they're doing that, and then they're also selling the device to anybody, and you can use it to put yourself in people's dreams. So Nick Cage, at the end of this movie, is trying to insert himself into his ex-wife's dream to win her back. And in that, so the movie begins with the dream, ends with the dream, and I, I I find it very disturbing, even though it's a romantic concept, what he's trying to do, and it seems like she's receptive. I find it very disturbing it's uh he keeps asking her too have you have i been popping up in your dreams have i been popping up your dreams and she's like why do you keep asking me that right and you find out yeah he's been using the device to do it so which tells me that even though the dream is pleasant she doesn't like it and doesn't want to entertain it yeah so if he is even actually popping up in her head if he is yeah it's it's disturbing so anyway, which I, I guess he was because they had that ad, those bro ads <laughs> pop up in his dream, right? right. He tried to fight that guy and <laughs> his punches didn't didn't do anything. Oh yeah, That's that great. was one thing about this movie is like half the time I was like, is this part of dream? Is this part of dream? Like I, yeah. I was kind of questioning the reality, the whole reality of the the movie uh, of all of it. I mean, so that's pretty much it. So we we do a couple of things here on Bucky's Basement. We enjoyed going out and seeing Dream Scenario. And if if you've seen it, we want to know your thoughts. But before we uh, get out of here, we have a couple more segments here on Casting Cage. Uh, One is our movie marriage. It's where we take two movies and we put them together and they get together and squirt out this movie is that a yeah. terrible thing to no. say? That, that was a gross way to say right. it yeah, uh, pop, pop out this movie um I, i'll go first on movie marriage because i, I sure I'm, it's I'm, your I'm, basement i, I have <laughs> thanks uh i have a feeling that we're gonna we're gonna fumble over some of these but I've got being John Malkovich and like everything everywhere all at once, or that Johnny Depp writer movie where he goes out secret the woods. window. Secret window. Oh yeah, why that movie? I don't know. It was like some kind of writing thing and like isolation and trying to like I don't know. It's like in your head type things. Didn't Johnny Depp like manifest stuff in that movie and like it was like yeah. man I can't remember. Yeah, that's a pretty forgettable. All right, so being John Malkovich and everything. Everywhere, those are mine. Then okay, so we'll take right. out secret so that, window. They squirted this movie out. Okay, <laughs> I like being John Malkovich. That's a good one. I, the, I have being John Malkovich in my marriage and King Ralph because <laughs> what? because you're taking a nobody who all of a sudden goes to the top. Okay, uh, overnight uh, okay. and hmm. um, is you know and is an unlikely uh, antihero. Yeah, anti. There you go. Yeah. Just, so uh, it's an unlikely. Man, you know. I haven't thought of King. That was John Goodman, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Man, I haven't thought about that movie. So anyway, that's that's my weak marriage. He loved bowling. Right. Yeah, I think he put something in, I don't know, whatever, wherever they live. So my movie marriage is Nightmare on Elm Street and American Beauty. Because there's a dude having a midlife (sighs) crisis and he keeps popping up in people's dreams. A lot of Nightmare on Elm Street references in this movie, too. Yeah, there were. That that was kind of why it stuck out to me. If we gave awards for a movie marriage, you should get it. That was it. I love the Nightmare on Elm Street references, especially when they made him put on that like the glove. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> they take the, the picture. The, yeah, re- yeah. the reason the reason the book is uh, or the movie's called Dream Scenario is he puts his life book out, and it's called it's not the book he wants to write about the animals. He puts a book out about his life, call, and he wanted it to be titled Dream Scenario, but it came out Man of Your Nightmares. It's a, I am your nightmare. I am your nightmare. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Which was Great. awesome. Uh, another segment we, we have before we get into our ratings on uh, this week's episode of Dream Scenario, the all-new Nick Cage movie on Casting Cage, we do a thing called Tagline. It's yeah. where we read the original tagline for the movie, and then we create our own taglines because we didn't like the one that they wrote. And we do it in a movie voice. We try to do it in a movie no, voice. we do it. Okay. So we're going to let Juicebox read the original tagline for Dream Scenario. Dream scenario. Meet the man of your dreams. Which is simple and like It's perfect. Low hanging fruit in a in a certain way. Yeah. It's yeah. I only had one. I wrote it in the in the very middle of this movie. Uh I pulled up my phone and I wrote it. I don't know why I wrote this, but I, I've got Dream Scenario Sprite and Sex Dreams. Okay. And that's it. That's all I could think about. All right. <clears throat> Dream scenario. Did you come? <laughs> Damn, along those lines, I had dream scenario. <laughs> okay, so you guys are uh, honing in on the best scene of the movie. In fact, all three of us had uh, it was sex dreams. And- sex dreams. And uh, I mean, it was the apex of that of that whole film, really. God, Nick Cage, why? Do you want to rank, like, uh, before we get into our ratings of the actual overall film, do you want to talk about Nick Cage's performance? Because when we started this episode, I said, you know, Nick Cage, has he evolved, like, acting-wise? Or is this, I just, I don't get it, and I don't think it was that good. Uh, See, I don't know. I don't see him being going, being put up for best actor or something like that. But I thought he did really good in this role. Yeah, dude. Really? I mean, he nailed it as a hapless yeah. schmuck, man. He was I, mean, be- like, I believed it. I believed right. that he was that character. Right. Okay. Yeah. You I did I not want to root for him, right? You didn't, but I'm looking through it. Looking at it through Nick Cage glasses because we've do, we've done this, and I, I guess my big thing is we're going to see a Nick Cage movie in 2023. Mm-hmm. We are all three of us are currently in 1990 Nick Cage mode. Yeah, right. We've seen some incredible movies over the last, in, in my opinion, over the last three. Um, that was what Zandali and um, uh, the the war movie Firebirds. Per, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Um, the the time, one that, time to kill, time, time to kill, to kill. Yeah. and then vampires kiss, and all the you know the the ones that we've seen that were just like holy shit, these movies are incredible. Um, Some of them, yeah. What was what was the one that we really saw that was incredible not too long ago? Raising uh, Arizona. No, the the uh, the the. Wild at Heart? Wild at Heart. Yes. yes. Wild yeah. at Heart, right? So we're right in the middle of reviewing this for our uh, our series, Casting Cage. Historic. And we've yeah. jumped ahead 30 years, 33 years in the future. Right. And now we're watching Nick Cage, and I I would rather watch the Nick Cage, those Nick Cages. But that, that okay. I don't know. I enjoyed this movie. I mean, I enjoyed I Wild too. at Heart. That was one of my favorites so far. But, man, this movie was... Pretty damn good, also. Like, yeah. What do you? What did you want from him in this movie? Regular. Like, I, I feel like he went out on a limb on like the voice again. And, I did write down voice. Yeah. Um. I, he did a voice, but 
his voice didn't it, it it fit the character. I wasn't I had zero problems with him in this movie. I felt like he nailed his character. So where does he go from here? Because if we're talking recent Nick Cage and we're we're looking at what we saw today, dream scenario, and then we go back to Pig or we go back to Mandy or we go back to Buddy, the I, movie where he's in the theme park and like all those things are trying to get yeah. after him. Dude. Like this this is just are we going to get just random Nick Cage? From, it's you know, always from been out? random Nick Cage, my man. I want, I'm want. i going to show you the five films he's done in 2023. Okay. You're, you're going to show me. One's called The Old Man. The, no, The Old Way. He's a, it's a Western. A Western. The Retirement Plan, where he looks really old. Sympathy for the Devil. Which, it looks like a Nick Cage film that we would... True, and Renfield, which is a vampire <laughs> movie. So... Right. All right, so on the covers of these movies, if you guys can see this on YouTube, I'm holding it up to the screen right now. On the covers of these movies, we have old man Nick Cage, which is what we saw in Dream Scenario. We've got him wearing a cowboy hat. We've got him in all gray hair with a gray beard. Looks like a hippie, though. Uh, uh, so we've got him on basically the cover of Face Off 20 years later. Exactly. And then we've got him as a vampire. You're, you might be right. Yeah, this has always been him. I think this is what we're always going to get. It's just... It's just random Nick Cage. He's going to pick the roles he wants to pick and and play them, man. And I think I, I, I think the I most think recent thing that this. he's done that's been good is Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Like, I, 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 think I haven't seen that. that. I mean, that was a fun movie. Yeah. But, I, I mean, he was just also kind of playing like an over-the-top version of himself. Of himself, yeah. Sure. Because he can never just play Nick Cage. Uh, no. I guess not. With that being said, uh, to get back to the true roots of yeah. Casting Cage, we've done the things. We've done everything that we can. We've reviewed the movie. We hope you have seen it and you liked it. Uh, uh, we have one thing left to do. We have two things. Uh, Judd Nelson. Do you guys think Judd Nelson uh, yeah. would have done as well in this movie? Is Judd Nelson dead? <laughs> he's not dead. No, he's but not he dead. doesn't look that good anymore. Who does, dude? So, like, do you I think mean, he, he didn't need to it? in this movie? Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything in so long. Like, it's hard for me to make that call at this point. Same. And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say Nick Cage did a fine job. That's fine. If you want to compare him to Judd Nelson, which is the last thing he did was like CSI Las Vegas in 1999 or something like that. <laughs> Man. Then surprised sure. Nick Cage didn't take that from him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to our rating this movie. What we have three tier rating system here on Bucky's Basement. Um, I want to let old boy get us started off here. How you want me to go? I, I want to see what you guys rated this before I go to it. So let's get your rating on Dream Scenario. So it's hard for me to give my best rating, um, but I, I'm going to give it because I, I felt like it had everything that I like. I may not watch it ever again, but I, I'm I was appreciative of it. It was different. It went out on a limb, and I thought Nick Cage did a fine job. Yeah, he's awful damn good. I think I got the best one. That's surprising to me. So I'm not going to hit it again, but I'm with you on it because, I don't know, I think that people should see this movie. I think it's yeah. worth watching. I yeah. think it's worth watching at least one time. Yep. It's creative. It's new. It's, uh, you know, it it fits the bill on what it was trying to deliver, I guess. Yeah. And I am definitely not giving it my best rating. Uh, I, I thought it drug on a little bit. Some parts were creative. I thought it was trying to be the everything everywhere movie because that won what best picture last year. So yeah. we're like trying to do something like that with just a little bit of a twist on it or a new creative front. Um, I, I can't give it my worst rating because I was entertained the whole time. Right. Um, and I had a, had a couple beers before I went in there. Um, so one does. for keeping me entertained and for that entire sex, weird sex scene with the cum and the fart <laughs> and a couple of other random quotes in this movie. And in fact, it would have got my best rating, but fucking Tim Meadows was in it. So I'm giving it my middle rating here. All right, I'm a little tired. 
I'm a little wired, and I think I deserve a little appreciation. Damn, all because of Tim Meadows. Tim fucking Tim Meadows. Meadows kept this movie from happening Man. straight across the board. He, he top is a rating. national treasure. Now, Tim, if you're listening to Bucky's Basement, Bucky personally wants to deliver a message to you. Either retire or go back to Saturday Night Live. It's over. I'm done seeing you in movies. <laughs> you just broke up this, with Tim Meadows? I just broke up with Tim Meadows real <laughs> quick. It's it's over, man. I've seen you in too much. You're the same character. <laughs> Do what, what? What did I say on the way home? Juice box. It's like do grown up seven. Like just go, yeah. just do the Adam Sandler movies, and you'll be fine. Oh wow! Yeah, man. Join that train with David Spade and the rest of the people who shouldn't have their own movies. Um, but we really enjoy. Is Rob Schneider still in those movies? Yeah, he definitely is. Oh man! Oh Didn't yeah. he go all right wing or something? Super right wing. It uh, doesn't matter if your friends your friends, I guess. But anyway, we've enjoyed doing this episode for you guys. It's a special episode of our Casting Cage series, Dream Scenario 2023. It's out right now. Real quick before we go, let's talk about the director. I looked it up. He's not directed any other films. Or he directed a film last year that hmm. didn't make okay. it big. This is his debut film. Pretty it good. is uh, produced by Ari Aster, yeah, 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 which did Midsummer and all the little horror movies you like. Yeah, yeah, uh, the ones that make you think or the creative hereditary, ones. Yeah. Hereditary, Cerebral, ooh, yeah. Ooh, I hate all of those. <sighs> um, but he did Bo is Afraid, which I felt some Bo is Afraid. Oh yeah, that was a weird. I forgot about that movie yeah. kind of. But we are back here each and every week. Um, Where you can find us is Bucky'sBasement.com, or you can, you know, just look us up on socials. I'm sure if you type in Bucky's Basement on Google, things will start to pop up. YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Whatever you listen. Uh, Feel free to like, rate, and subscribe, and go on there and leave us a message saying how good we're doing. Uh, and tell or us how bad we're doing. Yeah, or how bad we've we're got doing. a few of those, I think. Yeah, tell tell us who. Leave us a message and tell us who told about us this week. You know, tell us who you said Bucky's Basement is the newest, hottest podcast out there, and you guys should go listen to it. I'm speaking to you, Josh. You're up in Louisville. Um, we guys, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Tell your mom and dad.